Hello and welcome to a brand new short shoot show in a brand new year. Now, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We'll be covering absolutely everything in the world of triathlon. Uh, and we're doing it in a way that I would probably describe as unique because there's some unique humans on this podcast. Uh, and there's plenty of news at the moment in the world of triathlon and not all of it is good. Uh, if you're already a short shoot show fan, well, this is a level up. Things have changed, but new segments, new arguments, same excellent crew though on this episode, both four-time world champions, uh, both respected and admired in the triathlon world and both not shy of a few things to say. Chris McCormack and Tim Don join us. Macker, I'll start with you. Because you have just finished the London Marathon, I want to know if you're okay, mate. I'm hanging in there. It's been a long time between drinks. It was uh, you know, 10 years since I last pinned a number on, so... But what an amazing event. I was talking to Tim when we got on the show earlier and just an incredible race to be a part of. I've, I've watched it for many, many years. Um, I watched Steve Monaghetti, the great Australian, run it in 1989 and always swore I'd do it. And finally, in 2023, I got out the streets of London and what a race to be a part of. Remarkable. Event. And you ran a 320, my friend. Like, that is not slow. So congratulations. And I think you're pretty limited training, no? Yeah, I was... You know, it's, I enjoyed it. It's the first time I said to myself, I'm not going to – every other marathon I've ever done when I was racing was very, very uncomfortable. So this time I was running with a group of friends and uh, and I sort of got through 30 kilometres and it was the best I'd ever felt. So I was on 3.30 pace with them until they fell apart and then sort of kicked down the last part of the run and I think I pushed them to – push the front guys, Kelvin, to, to the world record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he was an hour to Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he knew he he knew that you were behind him, though. You cast a very large shadow these days, and it was only yeah, 10, was 15 shadow. k's up the road. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, TD? How are you? What's been happening? Not much. I'm good. Just waiting for spring to, to start here. We've still got the crazy weather in the UK. But, yeah, no, I'm training for my own marathon. got uh, four and a half weeks to go. So, um, yeah, up in Edinburgh with MD and Annie. We're going at it um, up there. So not quite London, but maybe next year. Wow. Super League Triathlon CEO Michael Dolst up against Annie Emerson, who is in good shape. Like she'd been running 100Ks a week nearly, no? She was, but she's gone off the radar at the moment. So I hope she's not injured. Fingers crossed, Annie. Um, but yeah, no, she's been putting in some big miles. Uh, yeah, all the arena games, she was going out for 90-minute, one-hour, 45 runs. She was, yeah, follow her on Strava. She was putting all her sessions on. So, yeah, yeah, she was really, really gunning for it. Could be mind games, Tim. She's dropped off Strava so that you don't know what she's doing training-wise. I think she's going for a British age group record as well, unofficially. So, but it's official now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, unofficially until this exact moment. Uh, well, I haven't seen any photos of her and Colin Chartier together, so I think it's going to be okay she hasn't dropped off the radar for anything worse than that. Uh, that'll be a part of our new segment, I think, but we cannot get past it. But right now, let's get straight into it with this one. Yes, that's right. It's the headlines. This is the segment where we asked our guests, our esteemed guests, to deliver their biggest headline from the last month in the triathlon world. And we're going to start with Timothy Don, the man with two first names. What is your headline for the last month of try? All about the data, not about the feeling. We train with data, we race with data, we don't race and train with feeling, and it's the same when it comes to the arena games. We're going to be talking about the treadmills and the data. There's so much Zwift data out there. We're going to be talking about the final, that number seven treadmill. Um, yeah, I mean, the data does not lie. We have um, all the data has been compiled. Um, Janet uh, Bragmeyer 
She ran a 314 and a 313. They were two of the top eight runs she has ever done in Arena Games history. She was not running slow. She left the gel in her shoe. Her swim was slightly off. Her transition was off. She had a bad day in the office. That was it. The data does not lie. And it was the same treadmill for Chase. We don't know exactly what he, he was capable of because he, he, he gave up. I mean, he ran a 3.01, which was, yes, 10, 10 to 12 seconds slower than he would have wanted. But within the first 300 metres, you could um, you could see. So his data is insubmissible. And then the second run, well, he'd done that 200 butterfly. I mean, talk about giving up before it started. So, again, we couldn't really use that data because it was in, insubmissible. Um, but, yeah, the data doesn't lie. The treadmills are sound. We have done in the morning, um, on the, we've done multiple tests before and after the race. Um, with elite elite runners who are who, who have um, yeah, and we've compiled all that data with Leeds Beckett University. Yeah, so the, I mean, the, I mean, basically, the when it comes down to if if someone has an opinion that it's not correct, and someone else has an opinion that it is, I mean, all we can do is fall back on the data, and 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 the data didn't have any anomalies in it. I suppose that's not to say that Chase doesn't have a case. I mean, or, or that he didn't feel like it wasn't right, but you know, wh- wh- where else can you go, Macker? I suppose. Well, you can't, as Tim's made clear, data doesn't lie. And when you look at his heart rate, when you look at the output he's done, we couldn't get that second race look because, as you said, he he, he didn't he didn't dig in. But there's, the, the proof's in the pudding. You can't – when you walk into an event like that and you're already telling yourself there's something wrong with the machine, then you're putting yourself against the game. He should have gone all in, attacked that event, and then said, hey, look at that because, mm. man, there's nothing wrong with those machines. We know it for a fact – and if this is going to be a continuous head game, then someone from my generation would have fed that. Oh, you're on you're on treadmill number six. You're gone. Like that's uh-huh. a, it's become part of the play, right? It's just it's ridiculous. You're either a pro athlete or yeah. you're not. I mean, he's such an integral part though of, of Super League. I wouldn't he he wouldn't be on my list of people who you'd expect to, you know, not try. Or, you know, if you didn't think that for, for no yeah. reason. And 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 long may it continue that Chase is part of our part of Super League Triathlon because we're kind of almost growing up together in some ways. Uh he's one of those guys. So, you know, I mean hopefully we can just move on and move up. There's no denying he's a great athlete, he's a lovely guy. It's just it's just how you handle certain situations. And he, he handled that one wrong. You know, he'll, he'll move on from it, yeah. I believe. Tim, anything else? Yeah, it's just the first time he's been in a position where he's been one of the names we're talking. Normally, he looks up to the Hayden Wild, Alex Yee, Matty Hauser. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was in their shoes. And the first time you're in it, you, you, you do get a bit, what, what, how do I act? You, you just act the same. You don't change. How you've acted before has got you there. So you carry on. And, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, he's a great racer. He's a lovely person. You know, I want to see him bounce back. Um, you know, with the WTSs and then at the end of, end, of, end of year, hit London hard, come back with a vengeance and never give up. You never know what can happen. You know, we, we've seen it in, in long races and short races where things haven't gone your way and you've still, you can still come out on top. But you always give best effort till the finish line. Well, those Brugmar numbers are really, really interesting. So, you know, that, that, that tells a story in its own. Maka, we'll go to your headline. And of course, it is about our dear friend, uh, friend of the show, Colin Chartier. <laughs> Who? And what's your, what's your headline for for Colin, mate? Mine was "Come on, Colin." <laughs> Seriously, it was. Uh, I, I think it's the news of the week. I, I was. I think everyone in the triathlon community was was taken back. I I was brought to the attention through Ben Hoffman's post on Instagram. I was like, "Oh, what's going on here?" Literally, just posted it. Ben Hoffman 
put a, a pretty heartfelt call out to, to what had happened. He felt very cheated, as he should. And, you know, Colin and Chadia, for those that don't know, went positive for, for, for EPO and uh, through a test through Ironman and, uh, and came clean and said, sorry. I just kept cueing that Tracy Chapman song. I'm sorry <laughs> is all that you can say. Because it was, a, it was, look, you can say sorry as much as you like, but it's, uh, it was quite heavy. You, you, you made a decision. And you, you took now you, the question marks it's around everything you've ever done, but that decision to cheat is just the within sport it's just within anything it's just not right. And I I think it's it's created a, a, a lot of uproar and you know that was it. Come on, Colin, because I was thinking I, I was looking at this athlete. You know I thought we saw his performance at the PTO. His run there was amazing. That PTO US Open, he, he'd won that Ironman Montreux Blanc against Josh Amberger. He was definitely an athlete on the rise, and he came sort of from nowhere. From not nowhere, but I, I was like, wow, this is a this is an athlete that's uh, potentially a, a big player in the future. He was training with Lionel Sanders and doing a lot of great stuff, and then bang, pisses positive, and it's game over. And and that I guess the question mark is sometimes it. When a donkey becomes a racehorse, maybe you need to question it. It's, it's, it seems ridiculous to me. I mean, that that he would win. Okay, so he wins Ironman Montrebant, as you say, over Josh, who, sh- who should be pissed off. But like, but he says he's clean yeah. then, and he says he's clean in Dallas, maybe because he doesn't want to give back the hundred grand that he won. And then suddenly he has one bad result in Kona, hasn't raced since then, and decides then to to do it. That that can't be right. Like uh, that seems to me to be insane. Like. You don't have good results and then one bad result. He's done it before that, surely. Tim, help me out. You get to your top clean and then you go, you know what, I'm going to take some EPO. The thing that baffles me is I think he said he started taking it in November and he said no one else was involved because he's coached by Gustav Eden's brother. Um, but he said no one else was involved. He bought it online. But he was in Europe, America, then back to Europe and then back to America. He said he was taking it three times a week. Do you, how do you travel with EPO? Do you order online and go, change of address? It's not going to my house in America. It's going to my house in Girona. Oh, now it's going to London because I'm there for a week. There's too many holes in his story. They said they did a deep dive when they were investigating him, but his coach found out an hour before we did. So there's, I, I'm, I'm really confused. And, and I, everyone's angry, quite rightly, but now we need to turn that anger into intelligent questions to find out how and why, not not the mental state, because that's a, you know, he's hopefully dealing with that with his friends and family, but the kind of like the practicalities of how he did it, because as you said, Will, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, and, and if I and, and if, it's, if if I was coaching an athlete and, and all of a sudden I went, bloody hell, I haven't changed anything. And all of a sudden they haven't been up to altitude. Their training has just got better and better and better. Surely there's red flag. No way have you ever had an increase like even when I've gone to altitude or done some heat prep work, I've never gone boom. Like, and we're talking, he beat some world-class athletes. They weren't soft fields. I mean, San Long last year was on fire. Deep left was on fire. What he did in Roth and Chartier crossed the line. He did a great interview with um, Michael Johnson and Michael Johnson is just like, and he's, and you see people crossing the line and they're falling over absolutely dead. And he's just like, yeah, it felt good. The second half, I didn't even have a watch on. I just decided to push it and go for it. Yeah, and you can see Michael Johnson going, wow, this guy's a machine. Wow. Of course it felt good. Of course it felt good. It felt very, very easy. And, and I agree. Like, how do you come off your best season? Like, in, even in his, in his statement, you come off your best season. He said, I was in a bad place. I didn't feel good. You've come off your best season. Then you opt to take gear. It doesn't 
Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's funny because in, in the, in the uh, I'm sorry post, he didn't say, I decided to take the performance-enhancing drugs in November. He said, I decided to take this performance-enhancing drug in November. Yeah, because he was doing like L-carnitine yeah. injection, like which is kind of a grey area. He's got to be doing other stuff beforehand before he's gotten pinged for this particular one in February, which is in an out-of-competition uh, test. They did drug testing, like dry blood spot testing before Dallas, and he didn't have anything come up. So I don't know. Like I've just been reading about it today. So Lance never tested positive, did he? You know, yeah. it, 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 there are... You know, when it was an out-of-competition, maybe he didn't realise they were coming, so he couldn't do the necessary anyway. It, it just, there are more questions than answers around this, and I, I hope that people jump on the right bandwagon to get to the bottom of Great. this. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. he can't be ordering it himself and nobody know what's going on. Because as you say, he was like, he was in Lionel's apartment for a while, like and like you saw the Lionel thing, anyone who hasn't seen it, go on Instagram and you can see eight minutes of Lionel getting very upset. And you know, and fair enough, because everyone's painted with this brush now. Like, it doesn't matter whether you're clean, dirty, if you just happen to hang out with him for a while, you're part of this melee and there's no way out of it. So I wish he'd have thought of that before he made that. That's why come on, Colin. Come on, Colin. Colin what do you classic think? Colin. The mess is, the mess is, the mess is ridiculous. Yeah, so so points of fingers and make some restitutions like Ben Hoffman asked you, for, asked you to do, you know? Like, don't yeah. just say I'm sorry and walk away. Like, there's plenty that you could do to turn this around. So, anyway, Colin, come on, son, if you're listening. Put down the needle and come on. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> okay, so <laughs> before, before, let's do it. My headline's a nice one, right, because we've just gotten through uh, two difficult topics. And my my headline is Super Schooman, and I say that because Henry Schooman, and I've been close to, the, you know, I've been watching him for the last couple of years. He's had a totally shithouse time. Um, over the past few years for many reasons. He pulled out of Tokyo. If you remember, he was fourth out of the water in Tokyo. He led the bike at one point and he couldn't finish that run. He was, you know, running on one leg and couldn't make it to the end. Then just before Super League season started, uh, he had a crash and fractured his elbow the week before. That's not to take into account also the, the COVID situation in South Africa where it was, you know, that was the red flag country for a while there back in the time he couldn't go anywhere. Lots of cost pressures for him, became a new dad, couldn't get anywhere for a long time. So then he comes back with the world champ title. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house at Arena Games London, and, and we're very happy to see that. Um, Maka, you, you've had a lot to do with him through Bahrain, Victorious, et cetera, and Super League as well. You must have been happy to see it. Really happy. Uh, Henry's a, lot, a guy I, I really enjoy spending time with. He's a, he's a great athlete, and, and we've supported him for quite some time. And He's always said that it's just been a series of bad luck. You know, a lot of athletes say that, but anyone who's followed Henry, it really has. He is such a committed athlete, he's a committed father. He, he's, he's in his bubble, he trains his butt off, and he, when he's on form, he's one of the best in the world. If You know, he's an Olympic bronze medalist, he's a Commonwealth Games gold medalist, he's a Super League star, he's won many of, many of our races, he's won World Series races. So, And it was for me to see that progression you know, to see him stay committed to the journey, which can be very, very tough. You know, we talk about it when you're looking retrospectively backwards. Two years is nothing when you're talking about, but when you're living that and the disappointment of that day in, day out, it's a long period of time. And to, and to stay true to his heart, true to the sport, true to himself and come out the other side with a world title. You, you saw the elation. It doesn't lie. That wasn't fake. He was remarkable. I'm so happy for him. And I just hope he piggybacks now off that and starts getting back to where I know he knows he can be. And I think uh, we all know where he can possibly be. And he's very, very pumped around racing, championship racing as well, and getting back into that Olympics. 
What about you, TD? You were in the arena. So, I mean, obviously plenty of emotion there for him. And, you know, he's probably come close to, I mean, he's been, he's been plugging all sorts of stuff on Instagram and stuff, just trying to get cash in the door while he hasn't been racing. So it's nice to see him back doing what he loves. No, I couldn't agree more with Maka. And, and he's really diligent with his preparation. I mean, he, you know, speaking to him after Canada and then Switzerland, Sersey, he was fine-tuning. He said, I need more power on the bike. I don't need to run quicker. I don't need to swim quicker. I need to work on my transitions. And, and, and to have that meticulous, to be that meticulous, meticulous, get it out, you know, when there's a world title up for grabs, he's the real deal. I mean, we saw the way he raced in Cozumel when um, Johnny Claps and Alistair, you know, didn't phase him. You know, he prepares well for certain races. And I'd be worried. Those boys have forgotten about him. The, the, the French quartet, the likes of Alex Yee, Hayden Wilde, Maddie Hauser, some of the Americans, they've forgotten about him. And I think that's a dangerous thing because he's a, he's more than a lead pack swimmer. He lets Vince sit on his feet, you know, in any race as well. So I'm really excited to see, to see it. And as Maka said, it, it's only two years in his whole career. It's not that long. But when you're in that moment... Oh man, I've been there. I've had it, had niggles, injuries, illness, and small setbacks, and one thing leads to another. And it's so hard to not get down and beat yourself up. So he must have great mental resilience, but he's probably got a really tight knit, good team around him. So um, yeah, no, I'm really excited to see him race. And then, you know, hopefully he'll come, well, he will come back in London at the end of the year. Um, probably race for the Eagles because that's the team everyone wants to race for. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm super chuffed for him. So yeah. Big, big Henry fan. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to wear the canary yellow of the Eagles? Hey, it's such a fetching colour, especially when you've got it's such a quite... deep tan as you do, Tim. <laughs> it's an English tan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, spring's coming. All right, that wraps us up for the headlines, and it's time for something a little bit different. That's right, life is full of ups and downs, unless you're Macca, in which case it's just full of ups. I mean, I've seen his life. It's insane. Or if you're Colin Chartier, in which case it's just full of uppers all uppers so it's time for the stock market whose stocks are rising whose stocks are falling and this time we're going to start with Macca. you've got to pick someone whose stock someone or something whose stock is rising and someone or something whose stock is falling and you're going to tell us why and you're going to start with let's start with a positive whose stock Macca is rising in your eyes at the moment I'm going to say Sam Laidlow's stock. It was already rising after last year's performance in Kona but that came off the back a lot of there was a lot of question marks which was sort of a was that a fluky performance? Because he hadn't really won a lot. He'd been on the front of a lot of races, but hadn't really done a lot. There was that whole rundown at that PTO event with with Sam Long and, and Lionel in the that, that showdown, and there was a lot of question marks around Sam Laidlow. And I, you know, he always had that big swim, big bike. His kind of performance was remarkable. He's then taken his time. He's he's linked up with Ronnie Shiltnick as his agent. They've taken their time to find the great partners. He was in Hawaii last year with no sponsors, zero. You know, and they, they were very, very selective of their partners, very selective of their racing. He came out and picked that event in Grand Canaria and dominated it. He looked remarkable from front, straight out of the blocks, looked great. He called, he, he stated his intentions before that. He was going to use this race as a stepping stone to the to the season. He's in great form and to, to be ready. And what he did there was, I thought, was very, very impressive. I'm really happy to see that because I think he brings a lot of character to the sport of triathlon. I think I love following his, his social media posts. They're, they're a lot of fun. He's just a, a great, interesting guy, very, very young talent. And he's, I just think he's an athlete on the rise and he, he's building off the confidence of last year's performance. 100%. Can't argue with that. We're actually going to see some of his um, efforts on social media a little bit later on in the show. Let's move straight on to falling. We've kind of touched on this one already um, and your falling 
stock is Chase. Yeah, look, I, I, it's hard to say falling. I'd say it's stable or dropping without question. I just think that the takeaway from me watching Chase in Arena Games is, was just in my head he quit, right? And, and for any pro athlete, you don't quit, right? It's 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 just not part of the game. And and I, you know, I think, you know, a stock that's slowly falling can always recover, right? But I, you know, it's very, very difficult to, to pick apart athletes in this sport. But I just thought Chase would be disappointed in himself more than anything of what happened at, at Arena Games and and I think from that perspective, it's a, it's an athlete who didn't do himself any justice. And and I just thought the butterfly thing, you know, I was okay with the treadmill thing when I was watching him. I wouldn't have really picked that up. But I think the protest doing butterfly, I didn't quite understand what that was until after it. And it sort of, to me, you know, my takeaway was, well, why would you do that? I, I, did, I couldn't quite mm. grasp it because I'm watching it on, on TV, hearing you call it, Tim, and it was sort of this protest to say I'm not happy, but it didn't do himself any justice. So he's an amazing guy. Chase, if you're listening, I think you're incredible. I think yeah, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And uh, But I, I just my takeaway was if I was investing in someone and I had to pick a, a stock today, that's one I wouldn't probably look at. I'd, I'd sort of flick by at the moment and, and, and look for a better time to buy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think afterwards he's been pretty circumspect, and which has been good. Bragmire not so much. Um, has been a little bit more outspoken when maybe she doesn't have as much reason to do so. But uh, maybe we could have picked Janet instead. But Chase, I think Chase is, has the potential to be a well beater. I agree, and I think we all agree. That. And so. Bragmire, I'm not too sure on right. Like I'm not, I'm not there with her yet. But Chase has all the ingredients to be the best in the world, right? And and that's why it's a stock. It was an athlete I was looking at as a rising stock. And I just think that performance in arena games just put a little bit of a cloud over me at the moment. I, I think he's, as you know, talent is talent. And he'll come back from that and he'll learn from that. And I think, as you said, he's he's reflected on it. He knows he, he shouldn't have done it that way. And he'll learn and build. And uh, he's, he's he may be part of my rising stocks in the, in the next right. few weeks. <laughs> Wow, how quickly things can turn around uh, in uh, in the stock market, says the accountant, Macca. Uh, Tim, let's go on to you. Whose stock is rising for you? Who are you backing? Who are you betting big on at the moment? Red Hot, Beth Potter, 100%. Her stock is so hot right now. I mean, um, I do think she plateaued 2019. Um, she was obviously in Rio Olympics for track and field. 2019 to 2021, she, she was there or thereabouts in the shadow of Georgia Taylor-Brown, of Jess Learmoth. Um, even of Sophie Coldwell, but I think the Arena Games last year really changed her because all you know she never makes the lead pack, she never makes it, and all of a sudden she does these Arena Games and she's getting out of the water ahead of athletes that are beating her by thirty seconds to a minute in open water, and I think that's just given her confidence and it's slowly, slowly seeping in. We saw her at um, the WTS Abu Dhabi this year; she was in total control. She reminded me of the Gwen Jorgensen of old. She was she was in the lead group, she was on the run, kind of looking around, saying, "I'm not going to go yet. I'm, I'm going to wait till the last lap." She picked to point Beth Potter Hill she pushed up it no one could hang with her she then came into London she brought her dog down she was relaxed she was calm she wasn't jittery um, and she just executed flawlessly she, she swam great she got on back on the back of Cassandra Bogran um, and she ran away from her she never looked back I'm really excited to see her I think this this season her stock is just going one way I think yeah, I don't think any you won't get any argument from the rest of us. What about uh, what about your stock falling? Oh, I hate to say this because I really love her. It's Taylor Nib. Um, last year she was red hot. She was winning. You know, she, and everything she was touching it was gold. Whether it was seventy point three PTO, even WTSs, she was an impact player. Um, she was really great. But injury after injury, and 
one thing you've got to be in this sport is consistent. And I just feel maybe she's she's a world 70.3 champion. Then she went to the grand final and she, she fell off the bike there. She didn't run. So I, I just feel she's, she, she's doing one thing and she's doing another thing. You know, you don't see Kip Joge or, or, or Kelvin doing an iron uh, and a marathon and then a 10K. And I feel these athletes, that they're, they're young. They don't have that versatility. She needs to chip pick long course, middle distance or short course. And I hope she picks short course for her development. But right now, you know, this time of year, you've got so many good Americans, short course looking for going to the Olympics. She needs to focus on one thing. Yeah. Maybe a victim of her own talent. She came on so strong, she felt that she could do anything and then she tried to do everything and this is what's happened. Um, all right. Mine are, my, my rising stock, and, you know, it's only a young stock. It's only just come onto the Ooh. stock market. In fact, I don't even know if you're allowed to buy this stock yet. Uh, this stock is Fanny Zalai, the 15-year-old with the incredible super run, finished third in Cersei in the Arena Games and then eighth in the London final. And I was doing a bit of... Like, I didn't know anything about her before she turned up at Arena Games, honestly. Um, I don't think anybody really did uh, in the broader triathlon sense, but she started swimming at four, right, So as a lot of kids do, but she didn't actually join a swim club until she was 10, which seems young, but then you realise she's only 15 now. Um, and then that's when she started running and riding. So she's been training for four years, hasn't lost a club race in three and a half years over triathlon, duathlon, uh, athletics, Aquathlon, like she just has won everything. She hasn't won, she hasn't lost anything. Um, and some of her main goals this year as well, incredible athlete, she's, is to break the under 16 and 18 3K record. So she's got she's got athletics chops as well and goals in that space. Uh, she's just won the Duathlon Junior National Champs. Like the world is her oyster, I think, after what we saw. She is a unique and, um, and special talent at that age to be able to mix it with the quality of athletes that, uh, we saw at both of those events. And to do it so calmly at 15 is insane as well. I thought that was incredibly good. Shout out as well to my um, runner-up, Kat Matthews, at the, other end of the, at the other end of the scale, who just, to come back and do it in Texas and to win the Ironman. You got two stocks, Will. Are these two stocks? Two stocks. Wait, wait. I, like to, yeah. I like to hedge. I don't like to put all my... Oh, okay. If I've got 10, you've got lots of money, right? I have one group of a tiny little bit of money. I need to spread it around. I'm scared, okay? I don't have the same ballsiness that you do. So I'm going to put some of my money with Fanny as like a long-term blue chip to pay off in 10 years' time at the Olympics and some right now on Cat to crash in Texas and then come back in Texas and do what she did uh, on the weekend, which I just thought was really, really special. My falling stock, though, is Gwen Jorgensen. And I don't, I'm not Gwen Jorgensen the human because she's insanely good. She's been six years out of the sport. She's just come back from having a kid, twice world champion, you know, everything she did, 2016 Olympic gold. But she's leaving it too late to make it to Paris. She's only raced three times since she made her comeback. She got third in Taupo. She got 14th in New Plymouth at the World Cup. And then the American Cup, she came second to Katie Zafiris. But she's not doing high enough level races because there just isn't the races. And I think, Maka, you probably understand what it's like to have 18 months and just not be able to find the races to race and suddenly things get away from you. Yeah, I tried to do that coming back for London. You don't think about it. You think of the you think of the end game. You're like, oh, Olympics, I'll try and do that. And I, I sort of, trying to make 2012, I came in at, in, in 2011 and um, – you just don't have enough, no matter how good, you can win everything. You're still not going to get the points to, to get there. And it took me, I realised that on that journey. But it's, 
yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a shame. She can still get there. She can if she wins a couple of WTS events and still get there. But it's a lot of work. Can ahead she of her get own, on the start the lines for WTS events? Like the next thing she's going to do is the World Cup in Mexico. I don't think she can even get on there. That's yeah. the issue. She can't get on those start lists. And, and America's so strong. Katie Zavaris is in a position, and the Same. USOT yeah. would always put Katie ahead of of Gwen just because she's an Olympic medalist, etc. So, um, yeah, she, she, she might've left it a little bit too late, um, to come back, but if anyone can do it, I mean, you know, she, but again, her, the rate of her improvement is amazing. Um, taking nothing away from Katie, Katie let out a swim, rode the whole way on her own and ran away. So she front, she did, she led that race from start to finish. Well, Gwen was in a pack of athletes, but yeah, Gwen needs to do the bigger races and that's going to be, you know, the, the depth in USA. Maybe she needs Taylor to be injured more. <laughs> Taylor Nip. <Yeah. laughs> she can get a start. But um, yeah, that's a tough team to make this year. 100%. Well, full credit to Katie and Gwen for coming back to even do a triathlon after having a child. I think we can all agree that we have no idea what that is like, but it'd be incredibly difficult to do. And that wraps us up for stocks rising and falling. We hope if you were mentioned that you were on the right side of the ledger and not the wrong side. And now it's time for Social Watch. Okay, in Social Watch, we pick a clip or something that we've seen or heard over the last month, and we discuss it, something that stood out to our guests uh, from the world of social media. And Macca tells me that he doesn't look at social media, which I cannot believe. Macca, is that correct? I look at little bits of it, snippets of it, you know, like uh, <laughs> snippets of it, but I'm not a, I'm trying to get off the phone as much as I possibly can. I found I was, I saw that screen time thing change my oh, life. I'm so much screen It's gross, time isn't it? Thing. I was like, oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. I've tried to, Tried to get off it as much. I saw some stat the other day that said like American kids at primary school age watch like seven hours of television a day. And I'm like, seven hours of, they're going to go to school. What are they doing? Yeah, they're getting that little lump in the back of their spine. It's actually, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. That's that's why, that's why. But I still, I still flick through. I follow you, Will. I follow Tim. You're the only two I, I look at, and Annie, to see how I'm training. I'm going to check whether you actually follow me or not. I can't. I, I you haven't double tapped any of my content. I have to. I have to. Nothing I like. Will I'm supposed to like it? I see. Do I like? I need the engagement, like man. Come on, the algorithm's oh, okay. punishing me out here. I, I don't even know what that is, but whatever it is, it's not in my favour. So anyway, we'll start with you, Tim. Uh, something you picked up uh, in your extensive hours and hours and hours of social media each and every day. Uh, was this. Hi, I'm Sam Laidlow, professional pole dancer and genius. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Welcome to Amphi. We're here for the Challenge Gran Canaria. I'm super excited to come back and hopefully not crash on the bike this time. Uh, see you out there on Saturday. We're back in Sam Laidlow land. Like, and, and I guess that's why. I mean, he's he's an interesting character and that's that's what we like to see. Not many people would say that on social media, Tim. Yeah, you know, Sam said it, I think, himself before. He's a bit like Marmite. You either love him and hate him. I've, I've actually raced him last two, a couple of years ago in Bolton. And, you know, he is very outspoken and his, his father is and his family are as well. But, you know, the more I'm seeing of him, the more I'm, I, I think I'm, for me, I'm understanding, you know, his like his unit. And 
yeah, I've only got respect for him athletically. And I, I really like Matt Mack has said, he's putting good people around him. Um, you know, his father coaches him. He, 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 he talks a lot about his family, about his younger brother, um, about role models. And um, yeah, he does have fun as well. Um, hopefully he's not pole dancing. Um, but yeah, no. And, and, you know, he turned up to that race and he said he didn't feel that great on his swim and on his bike. But he was still there with Aaron Royal, who's a great 70.3 athlete. Um, but then he, he, he kind of like took them to the sword on the, on the run. And that's, you know, doing that over an Ironman and, and in the modern 70.3 athlete, those are two different athletes. So they've obviously addressed things that they think they can work on and still add value to his performance. And they're doing it. And he's not changing who he is. He's true to who he is. And he's not afraid to, you know, be... The, the outspoken, you know, you know, and, and he, he was very much an uber biker boy with the likes of Camworth and, and those guys. But now he's come now he's becoming an all round athlete. And I think what he did in Kona wasn't wasn't like maybe a, a flash in the pan, you know, like um, Bar Arnouz, who podiumed at Kona and he hasn't really raced very well since then. I think that's the only only the beginning of what we're going to see of Sam. And um, I'm warming to him. I'm warming to him as a person. We've had our runnings in the past. I will admit that, um, especially his dad's given me some 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 abuse and words on, on the run course, on the bike course. But, yeah, I've got nothing. But, yeah, I think he's doing a great job at the moment. All right, from one of the well, from one of the biggest uh, personalities in triathlon to one of the, I guess, was going to say not brand new stars, but pretty close to it, Maka, because you were obviously at the London Marathon. Your one comes from the London Marathon, and it is this moment. And he's done it, two oh one twenty six. What a remarkable run! He's broken the course record. How about Kelvin Kiptum, twenty three years of age, coming across the line, looked shocked to be there, but his splits, Macca, were absolutely insane, especially the second half. Just like your London Marathon, just got faster and faster. Yeah, well, I like to tell myself that I was the one that pushed his second half to to that type of performance. But just to see it, you know, I, you know, he wasn't an athlete I, I really knew much about, so I found that clip just by investigating post the event after seeing what happened out there. There's a section in that London Marathon where where you get to see the leaders coming. I saw Mo Farah and I saw this athlete. I'm like, fuck, mate, it looked like they were in a 5K foot race, you know? And then when you look at that back end, first time ever in a marathon under an hour in the back end of that race, you know, he's 23 years of age, off the back of Kipchoge, that generation. He's the new new brigade. He's done, like, two or three marathons now. He's back ends on both of those marathons, or the two marathons, and they're the two fastest back ends of marathons in history. He just missed the world record. What a future. And I just – and he just – Watching his interviews and watching that big smile he has post the event, I'm like, wow, what a, what a, it made me curious. And I guess that's what social media is. It made me go out and look for who this, who Kelvin was and then click and follow. And on his content, Will, I clicked like. You did? Because it was good. No, I did. No, I did. Classic. So we'll get back end the marathon. You'll be there. You need a back end the marathon. <laughs> so, like, to have a look at those splits, though, you're right. 59.47 for the, the half marathon, the second half marathon that he did after a 101, whatever it was, that 5K between 30 and 35K was 13.49. So for the triathletes watching, like, you know, there are there are 5K triathletes out there that can run that, but that is insane. And then the 35 to 40 was 14.01, which is 2.48 for a kilometre. The final 10K was 27.56. <laughs> So he, so he's 16 seconds outside Kipchoge's record. He, he smashed Kipchoge's London Marathon record by over a minute, and then he went second fastest. So then does he go to Berlin at the end where Kipchoge yes. set, his, set, set that record last year 
and smash it when you're and you'll be there too, Macker. You just announced before we recorded that you're going to do another marathon. Can you confirm? I want to push into a world record. Considering I pushed into a London record, I figured I might as well go to Berlin. So I'll talk to my agent, talk to his agent, see if oh. we can both get in that course. No, but it, look, there's a lot of talk about him going there after that London marathon performance. It's all talk on the street here in London about, and he really made an impact here because I think. Everybody knows who Kipchoge is and that the whole talk of the town around this marathon is who Kelvin Kiptum is now, 23. And, and I think if I was him, I'd be looking at, at trying to grab that record. But don't rush it. You're 23. I'd be going after that Olympics, which is not too far away. And uh, But, you know, he knows better than I do. But, yeah, he, he's going to get that record. There's no doubt about it. He did that so easy. The interview, you're watching cross the line, they put the camera, it, it's like he ran around the block. To go touch of the Colin Chartiers to about him. Wasn't even puffed. It was a very positive response. Rarely on this show is there someone that we can just freely hammer, but Colin is that guy, right? Normally we have to be a bit circumspect. We're like, nah, Colin's made his own bed. <laughs> we'll just get into it. He did have an interview, Colin, Like, but I oh, I wish I'd have done that interview because it would have been different. That was not an interview. Nah. That, that was uh, that peculiar. He was so like, like no emotion, no, no, from either the interviewer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not an interviewer, so I don't know. But I think they're good friends as well, so that must have been hard, maybe. But um, to announce it, I, I mean, I read to announce that your positive test basically through a podcast, not one of the big media outlets. It was, yeah, it all happened so quick, and mm. yeah, it's just a celebration. But yeah, we need to find more, more, more inf- information about the, the Colin situation, in my opinion. Yeah. Colin, come on the show. I will interview you. Come on, Colin. 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 We'll get Colin. <laughs> we'll get Kelvin. We'll get everyone. Chase, the whole the whole shebang. Uh, okay, my uh, social watch was, I picked this one up the other day, something a bit different. I always like to see triathletes, um, you know, try to act because it doesn't always work out that well, even when you're the GOAT. Dear ladies and gentlemen, followers, athletes, tribe members, Americans, and Californians. As honorary and not voted for president, I am delighted to announce our new member of the Scrail country, California. Yes, that was Jan Fredino as the president of, I, I don't know, Andorra now, I suppose. Uh, the, the Andorran <laughs> d- despot prime minister um, announcing that his Scrail 100 is turning into a Scrail 50, so it's a gravel triathlon. Uh, it's something different, Maka. Like, and you're doing one, the one in Catalonia this this coming, I don't know, August or whenever it is, because apparently you're making a comeback to endurance sports. Um, but it's what? nice to see yeah. something different. Yeah, no, I, I, I watched that. I watched that social media thing. I was out there and I was like, "What is this?" I remember thinking, "Come on, Jan, you know, let's get back to racing, brother." Like, I prefer. <laughs> it's been a long time between drinks, but I love yarn and, and I love this event. And I, I committed to it last year when we were in Bahrain together. I, I, I follow that Scrail event he puts in Girona. It looks remarkable. It, it's my cup of tea. It looks like a lot of fun. And uh, so I have committed. And I know the one now going to California, I think, is with, with the old TriStar guys, with George, who used to run Triangle in Ironman back in the day, who does a good job. He did a lot in Spartan. So he's got some good partners. And um, yeah, I just think that there's a future in that style of racing. Yeah. Well, it makes it fun, right? It's like not it's not an unachievable distance. Like you know, it's long, but like it, it but it looks like it's the whole thing is fun. Which it, triathlon's not that fun all the time, Tim. Oh, absolutely, and and I think um yeah, it it is, and it's a, it's a good good business decision. Cracking America, you know, California, you know, big is it Big Bear Lake? I think um 
I think he's onto something there. I think people need that X factor. And I think triathlon is very, yeah, I think it's very samey. And I think, you know, what, what Super League are doing in arena games at one end, I think he's doing at the other end. And um, yeah, I, w- I would love to see that series take its time and grow. But the way Jan announced it, I was like, no, heck, it's like Biden and Trump, let's watch out. He was, he was pretty good. <laughs> Front of the camera. We need a debate, president against. We need him and Sebi. You know the challenge against the. You know the the the, the off road guy. I th- I thought no. Yeah, so it, was, it was good, and I did like it. Maka, did you like it? That post or not? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did click like. I just don't, I just don't click. I don't click like on wills because I'm yet to find anything engaging. Will. Oh, if you want me to do <laughs> some <laughs> terrible, terrible acting, I can also do that as well. If you like. I was like, oh, I just was wanted it to stop. I was like, yeah, and you're a great racer. Let's just stick with that. But I did appreciate that he did it, you know, because he didn't have to do it. So I appreciate that 100%. Uh, speaking of interviews, that wraps us up for Social Watch. Um, but now alongside the new Short Shoot Show, Super League Triathlon will be releasing some incredible in-depth interviews in a new series called Face to Face. And the first one was none other than uh, current Ironman world champion and came fifth in London in the Arena Games, Gustav Eden. Here is a little taste of that. What do you think when you look at everybody else? Because it's so different to what, what you do and what you give and what you sacrifice. Um, yeah, I think uh, I am very comfortable with uh, who I am. And mm. uh, we have also like a team around us. And it's not only me and Christian training together. We have uh, our coach, Olaf Alexander, mm. and he is more insane than me and Christian. <laughs> yeah, what me and Christian are. We, he is like... He is so all in; it doesn't make any sense. You, you would, you would see this guy, and you don't wouldn't understand uh, him at all. He's, yeah, very, very special. So having this team of crazy people around you that really are all in on something, it's very inspiring. But it's also um, sounds addictive. Yeah, it's addictive, but it's also like it is sustainable, kinda. So it's it's not hundred percent sustainable. It's not something you can do for forever you know you have to to um to like um, piece it up a little bit so now we have this paris project you know going all in for paris and uh yeah take the goal there but i know that straight out of paris it's going to be like it's going to be kona it's going to be all of these things but i try not to think about uh yeah, Kona 2035, you know. I try to think <laughs> about uh, Paris 2024 and um, piece it up a little bit because if I think that I'm going to do exactly what I'm doing for the next 15 years, it's going to be, yeah, overwhelming. And uh, I don't think I would handle it. So, uh, yeah, sustainable, not really fun at the moment, yeah. Yeah, I can confirm that Olaf Alexander is crazy, just as Gustav said there, but... That's what gets the results. Incredible interview, this one. Watch out for it in a week or two uh, on Super League Triathlon channels. Uh, so how good was it, just before we move on? In fact, actually, we'll do it in the next segment. Don't worry about that. It's time to dig in on the triathlon nerd stuff in the breakdown. All right, the breakdown's where we just pick a few topics we haven't covered yet that we really want to dig into in depth. And, and the first one for me uh, is Gustav. Let's talk about him because He's like the opposite of Taylor Nib at the moment because he's giving away races and he's concentrating 100% on Paris 2024 and trying to do that. Um, obviously, he did arena games and he did incredibly well. And he just got better and better across the weekend. So he, like, he was in the repercharge. He only snuck in second place at the back end of the repercharge in the run. And then he ended up 
making it into the final and finishing uh, fifth overall, which I thought was insane. But he's pulled out of Ibiza, which is the big PTO European Open that's on in 10 days or so's time, uh, to focus on Paris 2024 because Yokohama is a week after that. So he needs to get a good result there because he hasn't really got the results because he finished 52nd at Abu Dhabi. Um, he was 14th in that European Cup in Quartiera and 5th in the Arena Games in London. Lots of confidence from that, but he's way behind the eight ball. So is he, A, going to get there, and B, is he making the right decision by foregoing the races? Because, like, Blumenfeld's not. He's going to a pizza. So, Tim, what do you think about what Gustav's doing and whether he can actually do it? Because he's way behind Blumenfeld and Bettlethorn as well. Well, he can he, he can do what he wants, and, and he's decided that that's the path he wants to go down. Not, I mean, if I was him, I'd say right now, the way the short course is moving, his future is in 70.3 PTO Ironman and longer, if I'm honest. But he believes he can be competitive, and I'm sure he's a data-driven athlete with his coaches. They believe too, and he's going all in. And I think... I think if he'd have done Ibiza and then done Yokohama, I think Yokohama would have suffered. So he's putting himself in the best position to, to have a good good stab at, you know, going to Paris. And he obviously believes that. And you know what? As you said, Will, how he raced at the Arena Games, it was impressive. The first day, not so impressive. Lots of schoolboy errors. Um, and he, he just didn't seem to have that that sharpness, but he got sharper and sharper. So um, he said he's done a good training block now. Um, I think they're in Fort Remote at high altitude in the French Pyrenees. So I'm, I'm excited to see his 100% commitment. Um, and yeah, let's just see, see where that goes. Well, well let's, let's move on. Like, let's add on to that because the other thing I want to touch on that we haven't really talked about is the, is the European Open because we're going to have that uh, uh, like a pen or like a field of goats. Like we have these goats jumping around. There's Jan and then there's Christian and then there's Alistair Brownlee and there's just all these little goats, right? So Chris, I don't know what a herd of goat is. Is like a flock or like a parliament of goats. I'm not really sure what the goat collective noun is. But um, A, Christian is doing this race and then trying to do Yokohama. Like I so said, I don't know whether that's a good call. But also just the the challenge of the goats coming together. Maka, what do you think about what do you think about that? How's it going to play out? I can't wait, to be honest. I, I was disappointed Gustav was going. I'm just going to add a little bit to Tim because I, I, I often question whether the decision to go back to short course is a Gustav decision entirely because I do think the Norwegians tend to race as a team and I think he brings a lot to the Christian Blumenfeld group to put Christian back in the racing for, pa- for, for Paris. That they, they tend to do everything together. So it's because I, I believe he should be staying in that distance. That so you, hang on. So I'm you think that Eden... Like Blumenfeld wanted to do this, and therefore Eden has had, has to go with him. But then, but now Eden's the one who's showing more commitment than Blumenfeld, given that he's going to Ibiza and Eden's not. I don't think he, I don't think he's showing more commitment. If you look at Christian forever, this is how he he's a yeah. racer. He race, he does nothing affects him. Uh, Gustav's a little bit more, and they'd know this with the data. But I just think from training partners, to, it, it, it's. It's built around. It's a, it's a group dynamic. It's a team dynamic. That makes that's what makes Norway so powerful. And, and you know, you've got two amazing athletes as part of it. Don't get me wrong, and add Casper in there as well. But I, I just think it's a the decision. Whether the decision is entirely his, I don't know. But it, it just I get the feeling when you when you're that good at, at Ironman racing and longer course racing, and, and as you said, Tim, and the way that this short course racing is going with the Chase McQueens and these big powerful swimmers, they are exposed in the swimming. They are vulnerable. And if Christian left alone without a without a Gustav to work with him, could could put him out of the Olympics. That's my whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know, but that's sort of my takeaway. But getting back to this PTO event, I, I can't wait because to have 
yarn back on a, on a start. It's been a long time between drinks for yarn. And he, you know, he pulled out of California because he, he, he tweaked. He was all about this event. He didn't want to tweak anything. He's ready to rock and roll. Alistair seems ready. He pulled out of his Ironman, didn't want to do anything wrong. So when Alistair's back on a course, he's ready. I think this distance is more Alistair's distance when he's on. If you watch his halves, he tends to, you know, that nice half he blew up in the, you know, in the last part of the run. So the shorter run suits him a little bit better. He's got the big swim. And of course, Christian, I, you know, this guy is the new age of racing. I just cannot wait to see them compete. And I think the distance is unique. It, it, it doesn't suit anyone more than the other. I think Jan is, is probably a detriment to all of them with his age and hasn't done this distance a lot, but, uh, I just can't wait to watch it. It's it's one event that I'm like, you beauty, settling in, cup of tea, and uh, kicking back and watching this one. What do you think about this 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 three time head? This could be the the one and only time we see Ale- like all four Olympic gold medalists since 2008 race together. Like, I mean, maybe I don't know if Christian's going to end up doing uh, Nice or not. Maybe not, but this might be the only time. I mean, you know, it's definitely box office stuff. It is, but I think um, Christian's going to be on the back foot because Jan's a great swimmer. Alistair's a great yeah. swimmer. You throw in Sam Laidlow's a good swimmer. You know, um, um, sorry, what's his name? Um, Aaron Royal. There are some gun swimmers in there. And if they really light it yeah. up, Christian, a bit like Edmonton PTO, Christian might not be in it. Um, so, and it's a technical course. It's a split transition, quite a complicated course from what I'm understanding looking at it. So I think Christian will be on the back foot. But... I mean, if anyone can do it, it's that he's the in-form athlete, you know, the world 70.3 champion. Um, you know, he got second to Gustav in Edmonton while Alistair was off the front with Sam. And Alistair obviously had stomach issues and Sam wasn't the run pedigree. He did show recently. So it, it's not going to be, it, it's going to be a, a race. You've got to watch the whole race. It's not going to be, oh, that's how it's going to go. Anything could go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to watch it. And of course, let's not forget wildcard and Super League alumni Cam Worth gets a gets yeah gets a wildcard and helps mop up all the bikers on the way through the pack again. If he's gonna, if, he's one of the super swimmers as we saw in Malibu. Uh, if he's basically breaststroking. Uh, Chase would have beat him with butterfly. Um, there's a whole bunch. Um, how about the fact though that he did a half marathon on the back of Paris Bay the next day? Like the next day he did oh, half same marathon. Day. Same day. Was it same, same day? day? that afternoon day, same. same day yeah, yeah. and he, he had, it was like four minute k pace oh he's got an engine man he has got an engine i just worry not worry because i don't worry um you know like if he focused on i know he's he's living his best life i mean paré roubaix kona he's an impact player whatever he does but if he just folk not focus but you know man i mean he's legit man i wish i'd, I'd love to see him go like Four months building up to an Ironman and race everyone. I think I think he could podium at Kona. I truly believe that if he does that. Yeah. I remember speaking to him in the Malibu car park after the race, where he got well, he got eliminated, so he was bloody good. So we were we were hanging out in the car park, and he had said that this season he has done a deal with the team with Ineos or whatever, where he actually is going to get a run up to these races a bit more. So like he was trying to squeeze it. Like, you know, he'd jump off and go and do a race and come back again. But they're going to give him more leeway to because he, because we had that exact thing. Because I said to him, Are you going to regret ever not, you know, just, just dabbling, dabbling, dabbling and never going, oh, What can you do in Ironman? And he said, Like, I think I'm going to get more space to do it. But that remains to be seen. But we, 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 shall, we shall see what kind of form he's in. But obviously, if he can run a 21K off the back of Paris Bay and do it at 4K pace, he's in good form. 
pretty about the swim though. Anyway, Tim, there's a couple of other ones that um, you wanted to hit. Classic, when I go, I send an email to, to everyone. Okay, everyone, what's some things, some topics you want to talk about? Macky just comes back and writes PTO and Tim gives me like eight different topics because Tim's a nerd. <laughs> Tim's a huge nerd, right? So Macky's get upset. So he's like, this is what's upsetting me. And Tim goes, how about in Ironman Texas, there was 23 seconds separating the top three men. Also, is Christian biting off more than he can chew? Also, Caddy's a fierce. Also, Joe Skipper's bike set up. Also, is Johnny still injured? And I'm like, oh, mate. Get a hobby. <laughs> this is my hobby. Oh, man. It's awesome. So which one of those many topics do you want to talk about? Well, there's two more. You know, I, I think Texas. I mean, it was it was a maiden win yeah. for Rudy Von Berg. Uh, I mean, he, he's been involved in the sport since he was a kid. His father did Kona in the uh, 80s. He's very prominent within that French-Belgium scene. And um, Rudy represents the USA. It's big winning your first Ironman. I remember my first Ironman win like it was yesterday and it wasn't. But to win, I mean, I think with less than 5K to go, he was in second, having led for most of it. He got overtaken. And then he had um, Matthew closing down with a 2.43 run. It literally was 23 seconds, three people. They crossed the line. They did not look like Colin Chartier. They did not like Kelvin. They looked absolutely dead. And oh, I, I just yeah. think... It was it was a fantastic race to watch. The big names didn't necessarily turn up. Matt Hansen got hit by an age grouper because it's a two-lap bike course and he got taken out. His back was just like red raw um, from Road Rash. And obviously, there's a whole story with Joe Skipper, as there normally is, as there normally is. What about Joe's water bottles, though? We've got to mention that. Like, that was a whole scenario. What's going on with that? It's a, it's a fashion faux pas. He had about 80 on his quicker. And did you notice his tummy? It looked like he had a baby because he'd shoved loads of stuff there. He's filling in all these voids. But there is an Iron Man rule, nerd here, that says you cannot have a fairing. It has to be a practical thing. Um, and he did. He had these water bottles here. And yeah, safety wise, how's he going to get his arms out? But I mean, I did see about four weeks ago, he put a, um, a post saying, back from the wind tunnel, the most watts I've ever gained. And I was thinking, he's got a good bike. He's got good wheels. He wears fast kit. You know, there's no new product out. How the heck did he get these best gains? Actually, can I add to that? I want to add to that, Tim, because the, the, the takeaway for Rudy, and I agree, that first Ironman wins great. And I've been watching Rudy come along for a while. You know, he grew up in Nice, and that's where the world championships are going to be. And if you go back to that 70.3 Worlds, he was mate. He he led that event. He was he was third overall that day. And to post a performance like that, go back home to race your world championships. That's a big stepping stone this year. So and it was off a good run. He ran really really well. That's a, that's a big enough one to potentially, depending on the field, win that race if you can put together a big bike ride in, in Nice. Just to quickly go back to short course, um, is Johnny injured? That's another decent point because he's not racing in Yokohama, and Alex G's not racing in Yokohama either. So what's going on there, Tim? You know what's going on. Yeah, so I saw Alex in the supermarket this week. He eats? Surely not. Yeah, he'd just done a hard swim and he was starving, so his trolley was full of all sorts. But um, he's not injured at all. He was never going to do Yokohama. The Federation entered him so because you can enter one of your top-ranked athletes and sub in someone else. Johnny, um, after um, the ETU Cup, he did have a, a niggle in his calf, and that's why he pulled out the Arena Games. Um, I hope there's nothing more sinister there. Um, him and um, Alistair, I don't know if you'd notice, Maka might not notice because he's not on social media so much. Um, they have been putting lots of posts on. They've now got someone who actually does that for them. Um, 
So um, I, I didn't notice they put lots of running ones on and neither of them have put any running ones on lately. So if you're watching, I hope your calf is better, mate, because we want to see you. But then Calgary is two weeks after Yokohama and that's two Olympic, two hard Olympic distances, 14 days apart with hard travel. Maybe Alistair and, and Johnny are just being sensible and they don't need to chase points like some of the other athletes. Um, but I hope he's yeah. not injured because, yeah, I want to see Johnny racing like he did in um, last year in the um, Super League. I have noticed that they've really upped the social media game. That's um, yeah. It's like constant now. Like my whole feed is full of Alistair. Like I'm like, what, what's going on? <laughs> like surely he's got other stuff to do. Now, uh, we're getting close to the end of the show. Maka, uh, the breakdown for you and the one thing that you wrote was the PTO and the blowback on them because and then they've released a statement about Colin. Uh, but doesn't really say anything other than we're going to get some legal advice before we decide what we're going to do next. But overall, what's your what's your take on on where the PTO sits with all of this? Yeah, look, I look, it's an athlete led organisation, right? And I was shocked, I was surprised that, and I, it's, I'm being I'm being nitpicky, right? It's that that the Ironman was the one that discovered the positive test. Like, what is an athlete led organisation? Why aren't the athletes? You know, they're all jumping up and down now on 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 social media. Uh, why are what is the PTO doing? I know what we have to do at Super League with the ITU and 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 lock everything in. Why aren't we? Why isn't the PTO catching these athletes? And maybe they are testing. I was just that was my first takeaway. Who did the test? Because anyone who's been through that program, you know, who initiated the test? Who did it? And I was shocked to find out it was was mm. Ironman, right? Like I, you know, it's like oh okay, Ironman. He's, he's only we did an Ironman years ago. Like John Bont was ages ago. He's done a lot of PTO events. He's got a lot of stuff on the on the cards for this season. So it was sort of yeah, that was sort of my blowback. If we're athlete led organisation, come clean on what we're doing as a as what's the PTO doing on on their drug testing and 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 all the athletes that are jumping up and down. Ask your athlete led organisation what they're doing to ensure that this doesn't happen again. That was sort of my my gripe. Nothing uh, you know. Bringing it back to Super League though, like that's. That, that's part of it. That's part of what we do at Super League, right? So give us some insight because mm-hmm. I don't really know because I, I know that there's drug testing, but I don't. I'm, it's not part of what I do on, on race week, obviously, because I'm doing heaps of different drugs. So I don't want to go near the drug testing. But, you know. Yeah, <laughs> not really. But like, so Super League, I mean, does that, right? We don't let you walk past the drug testing <laughs> because of the light up. I don't even drink, man. I don't even drink. Come on, give me a break. It was now what you have to like. What we do is we work with the the world world triathlon, and we and we we follow the protocols of that, which which means we work with the online system, and we can we test out of competition, which is it's part of a, a fund of money that we have to put aside to ensure that our athletes get tested. And um, I'm sure the PTO is doing that. I was just like, how much are they doing? Come clean. Mm. Because I was shocked that it was another organisation that caught him. I may be nitpicking, as I said, but I was like, eh, it was just, you know, it was my sort of my first takeaway. The, first the problem with the long course athletes is um, when you're when you're like a Jan Fadino, uh, you know, a top athlete, yeah. you fall under your national federation and you have to do your Adams, which is your once a day, give one hour. But the, the athletes they pick first are always the athletes who are racing the Olympic Games whether it's track and field, you know, whatever the sport, triathlon. So, you know, in America, you know, when you get good so quickly, he probably wasn't on that out of – he was top 16 in 
world at the end of last year, PTO ranking, and I guarantee he is not, I can't guarantee, I don't think he is on the Adams where every day he has to give one hour. When you're top 16 in the world, tennis player, golfer, swimmer, track runner, you know, triathlete, you and, and PTO are saying this is the world ranking outside of exactly. world triathlon. Then they need the top 50 athletes to be on one hour every day filling out that Adams form. And they are moving at light speed. And I've got so much respect for that. And you can't see around every corner. But this was probably a red flag that was always going to happen somewhere along the line because they are injecting so much money into the long distance game. Don't say injecting. Yeah, yeah. Injecting. They are passing the, the the checkbook, the joint, you know. But they are they are they're, they're putting so much money into the sport that um you know that they need to you know they need to really focus on those what if what if. Um, Especially someone of his caliber. Especially someone of his caliber who's won one of their major events, who who is is one of their is their you know one of their marquee players. It's uh, as you said, and that's you, you articulated a lot better than I did, Tim. Is when you come through that federation, it's just common nature. You, you, you're filling that out since you're a kid, and you and I always felt that we were always being tested by the federation. And then Ironman did jump on board that, and they did a very very good job of it. And the PTO is way behind the eight ball, and they shouldn't be because they create the world rankings. They're creating the, the, the league. They should not be. And that's where I was shocked that it was an Ironman test. What's the, what's the for, so what's this one hour a day thing? I don't really understand. So, Tim, can you explain to me, Tim, because you're the most eloquent one that I'm talking to. Yeah, the Adams form, like, so what, they have to say where they are one hour a day? Like, what's, what is it? Yeah, so um, every day of the year, you have to say for one hour you're going to be somewhere. And if you're not there, then it's classed as a missed test. Um, you can alter it now. In the old days, it was a paper chain, but now you can have an app, a text message. So 10 minutes before your one hour, you can move it. Um, but again, you know, but they can still turn up outside of that. But if they knock on your door and you're not there, that's fine. But if they knock on your door in that one hour and then you're not there, then you do get into trouble. And most athletes would have not most. Some athletes have had missed tests in the past. Usually put it in the morning or at evening when you know you're going to be home. But as Tim said that, if they turn up and you're not there, you've got three of them and you're Like if done. you just nip out that the is, shops, like if you nip down it. the shops to get some milk and you miss it, like that's it. Don't nip down in that hour. Don't nip down in that hour. can't be longer than an hour. But um, yeah, I mean, um, late in, in the latter part of my career, I did first thing in the morning and the night before, every night before I went to bed, my alarm would go off and it would say just so, oh, you know, sometimes you forget, you genuinely forget. Um, so, you know, there are, that's why you get three chances. Um, but, um, yeah, but I, but again, maybe PTO have that. I, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough later in my, I was only, I wasn't ranked high enough to be part of that. And I've always been on it since I've been an athlete. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've got to, I've got to probably caveat some of that by going that, you know, this is probably, as we said, like something that's going to spur the PTO into action, but the PTO have been, they have done so much in such a short period of time to pull all of this together, everything that they've done, that you can see, you know, they're just trying to do stuff. Like, they even made a whole bunch of changes just like a week ago about like, are we going to change the distances? We're never going to go over 100K. We're going to change all the money structures. We're, like they're doing a little bit like what Super League yeah. did, and especially in the first few years where they're like constantly tweaking and changing and tweaking and changing to make it better. So, I mean, I'm, I have no doubt that they're going to do the same thing here. This could be the caveat for that. Unfortunately, this had to happen to make that happen, but... You know, you play what's in front of you and they're trying to put on all these incredible events one after the other. Um, it's just unfortunate that this has happened and I blame Colin. It's not the PTO's fault. You know, they're, they're 
operating on that every athlete has the integrity to race fairly as they as they should and would and as we have as athletes so for them they've been thrown under the bus as much as Colin's sponsors have um, you know if he's if he was negative at the PTO Dallas he, he I, I think legally probably doesn't have to give the hundred thousand back you know but the- I feel for, for everyone, effect, there's more people affected to this. You know, the ripples are going far and wide across our small pond of triathlon. Is he is he the only one, you know? Like, is it, there's got to be more, is it, you know, does other, other people must have known this. Like, first of all, they must have known this was happening. He can't be doing that on his own. But also just like, is it, are we, are we, is he one bad apple in the, in the apple barrel? Like. I'm naive to think, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's sad. Where do I get some though? Seriously. Like I couldn't use it. I just want to stay awake, you know, like I'm just exhausted all the time. I don't want to train. I just want to, I just want to have enough energy to get through the day. Like, is that, will that help? I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're going to finish, we're going to finish this episode uh, with something called 60 Second Soapbox. Right, so this is where we give one of our guests 60 seconds to just sound off and go completely nuts on one thing. You know, and we're going to give it to Maka first, even though he spends almost every episode doing exactly that. We're going to give him 60 seconds, free and clear. I'm going to, hang on, I'm going to use my watch. I'm going to use the stopwatch. You know, he's always, he said to me before the show, right, I'm not going to use up all this time. So what if I only do 30 seconds? Like, you know, do I have to sit here silently for 30 more seconds? I'm like, I'm just, I'm just going to channel how long it takes Will to swim 50 metres <laughs> in the swimming pool. So. <laughs> I, I see you've only got 60 seconds, mate. Uh, come on um and yeah and you know i don't know what you're gonna say i do know what you're gonna say but i don't know what you're gonna say but go completely crazy here you go 60 seconds starting now well we've been talking about him all show so we may as well end the show with him colin and i uh, look we're always talking about what he did taking the drugs but what i want to talk about is the repercussions that has as we touched on for all the athletes and the coaches that have been working with him lionel sanders put out an amazing post and i think he touched the point it's the decision you make to take drugs is your own decision. It's the wrong one, and you got to live with that now. And, and it questions everything. But it brings into question mark. You said it just before this episode. Who else is doing it? You know, you're seeing a lot of social media posts. Oh, all triathletes do it. That's bullshit. Not all triathletes do it. I got to the top without doing it. Tim got to the top without doing it. Everyone's at the top without doing it. But now there's a question mark around Lionel. Is he doing it? Jeez, his performance was that why he left. Is that why he left Mikel Eden? How did Mikel Eden not know he wasn't doing it? You said it at the start of the show, Will. He's, he's a coach that knows all the blood work, everything. How do you not spot that? So that's the dirty, muggy game of, of, of cheating, Colin. That's the people you've let down more than yourself. And I I just found, I find that repugnant because there's a lot of amazing athletes doing amazing things and, and, they're, and they're improving week in, week out. And to put any dirt or question mark around those performances is annoying to me. And to put any question mark around the Norwegians, because I, I've spent a lot of time with them. They are as clean as a whistle. They are changing the game in sports science. Bugs me. And it's because of one stupid decision one athlete made. And I, 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 I'm really shitty about it because I've, you know, I had to sit through and watch. You know, I sat through an era, in our era, Tim, in the, in the early prior to the Sydney Olympics, there was no testing for EPO. And there was a lot of athletes that came along. They did amazing shit. We used to have to live with and struggle with, and some from Kazakhstan, I won't name names, Dimitri, and, and, and others that were just repugnant, cheating athletes that robbed us of our future. And just, I, I was in hope that with all the testing nowadays and what was happening in the sports, all endurance sports moving in that direction, that we weren't going to see this year. There'd be one, one or two bad eggs, but you know that whenever you bring a question mark over over the remarkable performance of athletes in our sport, 
I, I get the shits with it. So, come on, Colin. <laughs> come on, mate. Shame on you. Two minutes, five seconds. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and Will touches the wall at the 50. <laughs> hey, hey, I actually broke my PB. I did for 7.50. I did triathlon on the weekend. 10.50 for 7.50. That's not so bad for a 90. I've got it short. Hey? No, it wasn't short. I was swimming 135s. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it was a wetsuit swim. Wetsuit swim in salt water. Anyway, we're going to end it right there. Thank you so much to you, Macca. Thank you, Tim, as well. We're back on every single month. We have different guests on each time. We might have to kick Macca off there because he took an extra minute and five seconds, but that's pretty classic from him. Uh, really appreciate it. What's that? I didn't want to wave you, man. You were on. You were swearing. You were getting upset. You were naming names. You were kicking ass. I was like, just go for it. Like, that's all good. So uh, thank you from London, from both of you. Thank you from the UK. Uh, appreciate it. We'll see you at the next one. And not too long now until uh, Super League Triathlon kicks off the Championship Series. There'll be plenty of announcements coming up. And don't forget that big Gustav interview, which is coming up across Super League Triathlon socials. On behalf of Macca, Tim and myself, that is all for now. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your training session when you were listening to this. Wherever you are, we'll be back soon.